Food safety is an absolute requirement in today's modernized food processing industry. Our guest today has years of experience helping food processors adopt and nourish a systematic approach for a food safety culture from the executive level down to the plant floor operator. Don't fall behind the curve for food safety. Listen to today's podcast and learn how you can make the change. Well, the management is the key driver in creating a food safety culture in any facility. Without their commitment, a food safety culture can't exist. Hi, I'm Andy. And I'm Joe. And you're listening to the Farm to Fork podcast, brought to you by Carlisle Technology. Today's topic is on creating a food safety culture in the processing industry. The food industry has evolved a lot over the years, and a lot of advancement has been made on the food safety side. Today, we have Daphne Nyes-Hall with us to teach us more about what it takes to build a food safety culture. Daphne, do you want to introduce yourself and give us a little bit of information about who you are and what your background is? Hi, thank you for inviting me to the podcast today. Just to give you a little background on myself, currently, I am the technical director with Meat and Poultry Ontario, formerly known as the Ontario Independent Meat Processors Association. I joined the association in 2012. Meat and Poultry Ontario is a not-for-profit board-led association representing over 250 members across Ontario, including abattoirs, processing plants, butcher shops, and fine food stores, as well as our suppliers and partners. Before my time with Meat and Poultry Ontario, I did actually start out my career in a federally registered slaughter and processing facility. I worked there during my summers at university. And when I graduated university, they kept me working on their food safety programs. I held various roles within that organization over the course of my employment there. I was a case ready supervisor, health and safety coordinator, HACCP coordinator, food safety quality insurance manager, and finally I was the plant operations manager. So Daphne, do you think that your experience really helped breed a desire for you to see food safety grow in the industry? Yes, I believe so. When I started out in the industry, it was a very long time ago. I'll age myself. So it was back in 1991. And food safety was not top of mind back then. Regulatory compliance was. And it was interesting because, you know, the inspector kind of held all of the information and the guidance documents and the regulations. And the mindset back then was just compliance with regulations. But it's matured over the decade. I remember back mid-90s when Tom Graham from CFIA at Time Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada did what we call the HACCP Roadshow. And he was looking for voluntary adoption of the food safety programs in federally registered meat facilities at the time. Based on some requirements out of the U.S. for mandatory HACCP implementation, we then started to see voluntary adoption of the program and then mandatory adoption. So are you currently doing anything in food safety, like consulting or anything like that? Meat and Poultry Ontario provides, and my specific role as technical director, we provide technical and regulatory support to the meat sector. And my job is meat companies would call in and they'd need help with, let's say, templates or procedures, standard operating procedures or record keeping documents. And I would provide that support for them. If they had any questions in regards to how to manufacture a product in a safe manner, then I would also provide that information as well. I also provide food safety training. So we have a program, uh, food handler training. It is mandated by the provincial government that at least one supervisor on shift at all times has this training. 
And our organization is one of two in Ontario that are recognized to provide this training. So I provide food handler training to the industry as well. Oh, that's cool. Thanks for that introduction, Daphne. Let's talk about food safety over the years. Can you give us the 30,000 foot view of what is food safety and how you've seen it evolve over the years? Well, food safety is actually just producing food that does not cause harm to anyone. And that seems kind of basic in its ideology. When we're looking at the food manufacturing industry, there's a lot of complexity and, and layers within having to do that. And there's challenges within that. As I said earlier, food safety used to be driven by the regulators and um, inspectors would enforce regulations through inspections, audits, compliance and enforcement. And the company's responsibility was basically to comply with that. But as food safety issues became more prevalent in the press, and if we think back to 1993, when we had Jack in the Box, E. coli outbreak in the States, that was really a key event that shifted the needle for food safety awareness, both in the U.S. and Canada. I mean, that was 73 locations. They had over 700 people sick in four states. So it really was kind of like that impetus and uh, for for change. The U.S., the FSIS, did mandatory HACCP sanitation standard operating procedures for both meat processing plants in the U.S. and mandated it for Canadian companies who wanted to export to the U.S. So that was in around 1998 to 2000 for Canadian companies. And then 2005, HACCP became mandatory in Canadian facilities, federally registered facilities. Those shifts in food safety awareness and knowledge created this need for food safety culture development in our food processing facilities. Speaking of HACCP, pretty interesting. I didn't realize that it was the FSIS that kind of first drove that change um, and then kind of pushed it down to Canadian processors as well, too. Is there a difference between HACCP program in Canada versus one in the U.S.? Or are they basically the same program just governed maybe by CFIA instead of FSIS? So historically, there was some differences. So HACCP is hazard analysis critical control point. So that was the 12 steps evaluating or taking and evaluating how you manufacture a process and identifying the hazards associated with each of the steps, biological, chemical, physical, like addressing those through critical control points. And they had sanitation standard operating procedures. In Canada, what we have is called FSEP, the Food Safety Enhancement Program. And that was developing our GMPs or prerequisite programs such as premises, pest control, recall programs, et cetera, building that foundation first and then doing our hazard analysis, critical control point evaluation. So it was those two key components that created the FSEP program. We've now shifted with Safe Food for Canadians regulations, and now they're called preventative control plans. And I believe, and I apologize for not being well versed in it, but the FSIS USDA also switched to FSMA. Uh, food safety modernization, I believe, in the U.S., which also looks at preventative control plans. I'm more familiar with the Canadian regulations. What are some key drivers for food safety? Who's demanding it and why is it so important? Ultimately, it's the consumer who's driving it. It is an inherited expectation when a consumer is purchasing product that it's safe. We go to the store, we buy our product, we're expecting not to be ill once we consume that product. Really, the consumers are driving it, but it's when we have these foodborne illness outbreaks, the consumer is saying to the government, what are you doing to protect me? What is it that you're doing to ensure that the food that is being sold to me is safe? 
So that consumer demand drives the government to modify or implement, create regulations to then have the meat companies or the food processing companies produce safe food. We also have some drivers from our retailers, our customers. We have consumers and we have our customers as well. So then we have the retailers also driving expectations for food safety programs. So I think it was either Walmart or Loblaws who came out with a mandatory requirement for a GFSI benchmark standard in food manufacturing facilities who wanted to ship to them. Through your experience and stuff, have you kind of noticed when all these programs started becoming adopted or maybe even becoming the norm in the food industry, what sort of a burden did that put on processors? And was it kind of widely accepted because nobody wanted to have that same issue that we saw with kind of the jack-in-the-box chain that we saw down in the U.S.? Or is it pushback or some people fighting it because it is kind of an added burden to the manufacturing process? I don't think there is necessarily pushback. The idea with when Loblaws and Walmart looked at that GFSI benchmark standard was actually to reduce burden on the food manufacturing companies. Prior to that, every customer had their own supplier audit scheme that they would come in and audit a company against. And then you had the regulators coming in and doing audit inspections. So your food safety team was constantly tasked with responding to all of these audit requests, any corrective actions afterwards. So the GFSI standards were kind of framed around, have this one benchmark standard, whether you use SQF, BRC, ISO 22000, and it would be universally accepted so that you could just show that one audit to all of your customers, not necessarily the regulator, those are separate requirements, but to all of your customers say, yes, we've met this standard and you wouldn't have to be subjected to subsequent audits. So it was actually to ease burden on the manufacturing facilities in terms of time spent on auditing and inspection. There is some burden in terms of that paperwork, maintenance, having that one person who's maybe potentially responsible for kind of the administrator, like your HACCP coordinator or your QA or HACCP manager. So there is that additional cost to some facilities, but the benefits far outweigh the costs when we're adopting these food safety systems within our facilities. So speaking to adopting food safety culture into these food processors, can you talk a bit about what management's role is in creating a food safety culture and how have you seen this change a company's culture? Well, the management is the key driver in creating a food safety culture in any facility. Without their commitment, a food safety culture can exist. They have to be willing to invest resources, people, and time to the adoption of that food safety culture throughout the organization to make it successful. So it's that willingness to walk the walk and be able to demonstrate to all levels within a facility that the overall commitment is to producing safe food. They have to embed it in every decision that is made within that organization or within that food company. So they are the ultimate driver to the success of any food safety culture. In your past, have you kind of experienced companies who take on food safety because it's a requirement, but they don't necessarily adopt it as a culture and seeing kind of the difference between is that a negative impact? I'm assuming if you don't make it a cultural thing, but you just kind of make it a to-do because you have to type of thing. You can definitely see when it is a to-do and not a cultural shift because decisions are not necessarily made all the time with food safety in mind. Investments may not always be made into technology or the people 
we implement a food safety program, but we may not necessarily invest in training our staff to understand the whys and understand the responsibilities in food safety. That you can see where there's gaps between a management commitment and the successful implementation of a food safety program. Is there like a specific part of a food manufacturing plant that tends to give the most pushback? So for example, do you see more pushback on the plant floor with the people who day in and day out have to go through these programs? Or is it more on a management side because of a cost and a adoption of these new processes into their environment? I think it can be in both. There can be that need, the drive to meet sales orders, production demands. With the staff on the floor, it's that burden of documentation, monitoring, the record-keeping element. It kind of slows things down or they just don't see the value in it. And that's one of the key components is, is everybody has to understand the value of that food safety program or else they don't buy into it. And they see it as a burden rather than as you know a responsibility or as, you know, a part of their everyday lives. So speaking to that buy-in to the food safety culture, what sort of investments are required in order to adopt this food safety culture? As I said before, there's investment in training. That is a key element. Everybody from management all the way to your plant floor operators need to be trained in food safety and food safety culture. It creates this, that everybody's on the same page. They understand the whys. They understand what it is that the company is trying to achieve. Oftentimes they do training mid-level down and they forget about managers, but managers really need to understand about food safety as well. And the food safety programs in order to really buy into that food safety culture. So training is one of the key elements. Technology, it's not necessarily technology, but giving them the tool they need to perform their jobs properly. If they're not equipped with the thermometers to take the temperatures of the meat product and or the room temperatures or sterilizers, how can they meet the requirements of the food safety program if they're not provided with those tools? So we have to make sure that we're investing in the proper tools for the staff in order to do their job. Because otherwise, if you don't, they're like, well, what's the point? If you're not going to give me the tools to do this job properly, are you really caring that much about food safety? Is there different types of training programs for management versus day in and day out operators on the plant floor? Or is it kind of the same program that just provides an overview of food safety? There's all sorts of different types of training that you can have out there. Everybody needs that kind of overarching understanding of food safety, whether it's about, you know, your BRC or your SQF or just HACCP in general. But you do need that overarching training that everybody needs to understand what it is that you're trying to achieve in your food safety program. And then you also have very specific training and you can lean on your equipment suppliers for that particular training in terms of how to operate this piece of equipment that will help you produce food safely on it. So there's various levels of training that can be done. First technology goes, what sort of pieces of technology? I know you mentioned kind of like temperature probes. I'm sure there's, you know, different types of HACCP software programs or things like that that you've seen that have really kind of helped the food safety culture. Yes, anything that you can implement to make life easier for the staff, for the people who are doing those monitoring and record keeping functions, definitely a bonus. I remember back in the day, again, we're talking about when I started in the 1990s when we didn't have computers and we didn't have 
have on floor technology, we were handwriting everything and there was less adoption of that or they, they were more likely to maybe perhaps not complete the record keeping when they were supposed to because it was just too complicated or just too time consuming. But now where we have technology that's implemented on the floor, even with, if we look, talk about traceability and having our fully integrated SAP systems within our facility that basically from start to finish trace our products, that makes the adoption of these three safety programs so much easier. It simplifies their role within that kind of removes the human error side of things too and gives a little bit of accountability. Like if you've got something in there that's requiring checks that has alerts back to management that a check hasn't been done or something like that, then it you can't get away with that like you could with pen and paper. Exactly, exactly. What are the key factors when hiring for food safety? Attitude. It's definitely about attitude. We're in an industry where it is challenging to find employees. We're in this space, and I think we're not unique in the industry. Manufacturing, I think all manufacturing is having challenges finding employees, but the food sector is especially challenged. And, you know, historically, we've been known to just hire warm bodies with our heartbeats. Can you start tomorrow? You bring them in. But those people who always have the right attitude for the job. So it's really super important that we interview people. We maybe do background checks if we, if we can, just to make sure that they fit with our culture. Because you can train skills, but you can't train attitude. And that engaged employee is the one that's going to really be a key player in driving your food safety culture in your workplace. So attitude is definitely number one for me in terms of hiring the right staff people. And you want to make sure, I think, that the person you're hiring isn't somebody who's kind of prone to cutting corners and taking shortcuts, but somebody who's kind of thorough and, like you said, kind of passionate about the industry and the job that they're doing. Yes, they have to have that willingness to learn. They need to show engagement with asking questions and just how can I help and what can I do? And those type of people are really the thought leaders in terms of the food safety culture in the workplace. So let's talk about the practical side of creating a food safety culture. Let's talk about the implementation and how commitment is a key factor in successfully implementing that food safety culture. As I said earlier on, management commitment is the key to implementing a food safety culture within a facility. It starts from the top and it starts with a company's vision, mission statement. You know, that sets the tone both internally and externally about food safety and the company's commitment to it. I mean, oftentimes you'll see that a company will talk about their sales numbers or their commitment to health and safety, and, but they kind of forget about that commitment to, and sometimes quality, but they forget about the commitment to food safety. It'd be great if they embedded that into their vision and mission statement. It drives everyone with the same purpose. It gives you a clear understanding of what Success might look like for your organization. You know, we're looking at implementing GFSI standard, benchmark standard by this date, and this is how we're going to get there. So it, it, that's the course. I've seen, not necessarily for food safety, but there's one of our partners. I went out and visited their manufacturing facility. They were, you know, I know when we were, I was going through and kind of doing a bit of a tour, 
all across the manufacturing facility, they had a big signs that just basically said something along the lines of, you know, take care of the customer first and the rest will take care of itself. And it kind of had a picture of the owner up there. I mean, it was all throughout the plant. And so I think the cool thing was that that was kind of breeding that culture of saying, you know, we're going to be a customer focused. We're looking at the customer before anything else. We realized that that being our first priority, everything else will take care of itself. And that you could see that mentality throughout every department I visited, whether that was down where they're actually physically making the equipment that they build all the way up into, you know, the sales and marketing's offices, all the different places. And so it kind of really bred that culture of this is who we want to be. This is kind of our identity. So I kind of envisioned the same thing with food safety, putting that word out there and putting an owner's face or management's face behind it and saying, this is who we are as a company. And then it kind of filters down into people really identifying with it and kind of rallying behind that. The communication, probably the number one strategy to adoption of that food safety culture. And as you said, post it everywhere, just on your website, on the notice boards in your lunchrooms, like a little line on all their paychecks. But there's an opportunity for a company to constantly remind their employees of their commitment to food safety using any communication vehicle they have. And we have have Twitter and LinkedIn and Facebook and all those social media vehicles as well in order to speak about the commitment the organization has to food safety. And I think that people these days are kind of looking for a cause or something to kind of unite them and rally them behind. And so I think that when you work for a company that has a cause like that and something that their company as a whole is getting behind and saying, come on, join us in this big effort, they're reminding you of it, you said all across the plant and everywhere that you see it and on their social media, then that really gives the employees kind of a bit of an identity as well, too, of who they are and who they work for and that sort of a thing. It's much better in a sense of getting people to adopt something than rather than just them having to do their job or check a bunch of boxes just because they have to. Providing that identity to them gives them something to kind of look forward to almost. Every decision that a company or a manager makes must be driven by their food safety culture. And that is a challenge. That is sometimes a challenge when you have customer demands for production volumes to go out the door and you may have to make a decision that you can't meet those goals. It's a difficult place to be. But once you've got this mindset that food safety drives all decisions, it actually becomes much easier. So how do you get a company to commit kind of across all levels of the plant? When I think of a plant, I think of kind of three main areas where you've got the front office that sometimes is like a whole world, just almost completely separate from, you know, the plant floor. Then on the plant floor, you've got kind of the supervisors, the supervisor equipment, and then you've got the day-to-day operator. So how do you get a commitment across all three of those levels? Again, it's that communication and training. Those are the key elements to driving the mindset to that food safety culture. We've got to communicate what our company's expectations are. You train on their responsibilities, specific responsibilities in it. And even the front office staff, we think about purchasing. So when the purchaser has to go out and source products for the company, are they asking those key questions to their suppliers about food safety? What are their suppliers' food safety programs like? You know, do they have an allergen control program? Do they have a good traceability program? Have they implemented one of the GFSI benchmark standards? So the purchaser has a responsibility there and they need to be trained on that and they need to be committed to it when they're buying. And they're not just looking for the low cost supplier. You know, when we're we're selling products, what are we selling? Are we selling based on price? Are we selling price and our company's commitment to food safety and selling a safe food product? And that gets into kind of corporate branding and that sort of thing, too. If you're branding yourself as a food safety company, then that should be on some of your sales literature. And when you're dealing with your customers day in and day out is the identity of who you are. 
It's really that lead by example mentality. So while we externally tell everyone in our industry what we're doing to foster this food safety culture, our management team are also leading by that example and showing all the way down to the bottom with your plant floor operators that we're actively affecting this change for food safety culture. It's very important. Exactly. Product developers too. I mean, what are they, when they're developing products, are they keeping food safety in mind during all stages of product development, including allergen controls? Everybody has to kind of incorporate that food safety culture in every step of their job and every thought that they're making. And then what about like on the actual plant floor when you get into like supervisors and versus kind of the daily operators, like how do you see them getting them to commit to this, you know, outside of just the office? Empowering your staff. So if they see a fellow employee drop a knife on the floor, what do they do? Do they stop them and tell them to go sterilize that knife, change their gloves, wash their hands, inspect the product, or do they ignore it? Do they report it to their supervisor? What does the supervisor do? So it's empowering them to make decisions based on food safety. And that really creates that buy-in. And then the supervisors have to take it seriously. If somebody reports to them a concern about food safety, the supervisor should act on it, whether it's, you know, when they find at the end of the day it impacted food safety or not. It's really about showing the staff that it's important and they're going to act on it. Have you seen any sort of plants in your kind of in your experience that use kind of incentive programs on the plant floor to try to get operators and supervisors to focus on food safety and to kind of hit food safety goals and milestones with an incentive instead of always some sort of a negative consequence or something? No, it's not like health and safety where you have zero incidences kind of thing with food safety. It is a culture. It's behavior. It's your attitude towards how you manufacture this food product, always keeping that consumer in mind. And there are KPIs when you've implemented a food safety or quality assurance program, you know, like how many returns do you have or how many, how much use your returns by or customer complaints or CCP deviations. I've not seen a reward system for that. We've had it where if you've implemented a food safety program or system in your facility and you get audited and then you get your recognition, just had a facility in a provincially licensed meat plant who achieved HACCP recognition and they had a celebratory barbecue with their staff. Those are things that are done. I haven't seen like day-to-day award systems, reward systems, programs. Let's talk a bit about pitfalls and things to avoid when creating a food safety culture. Where do you see most processors fail in the process? When they consider it a one and done. And what I mean by that is they've worked really hard at developing all of these standard operating procedures and the record keeping documents, and they've gotten their recognition audit out of the way, and then they forget about it until the next audit. And so they lose momentum. And that's one of the pitfalls is that it's they do it to achieve an outcome, such as a recognition audit, but then they lose track of it afterwards until the next one comes up. So that's one of the pitfalls that I see. I could see that as being a common thing happening in the industry. I think a lot of times when I've noticed with the food industry is it's reactionary in a sense that there's a lot of fires to put out. And so, you know, whatever the immediate need is kind of gets a lot of emphasis. And then once that need is gone, then it kind of gets put on the back burner a little bit. Another pitfall that I've seen is making the responsibility of one person for the food safety program. So a lot of plants will hire a HACCP coordinator or a HACCP and QA manager, 
and they say, HACCP's your job. Food safety is your job. And then everybody points the finger at that person and says, food safety is your job, but they don't take ownership across the organization for it. So that's another pitfall. We have to recognize that food safety is everybody's responsibility. And that everybody has a role to play, not just that one person in the organization. Another one is reinforcing the commitment to food safety over the course of, you know, a week, a year, a month, whatever it is. There's that constant need to remind people of the commitment to food safety, especially if there is a significant amount of employee turnover or management turnover. So you have new staff coming in, seasonal staff. So there's that constant need to reinforce the commitment to food safety. When we're also creating a food safety culture, it's just making sure that we're investing in training, investing in those supports for the online staff. How have you seen kind of the food industry as a whole succeed on improving its focus on creating a food safety culture? So, you know, you mentioned back in the day, some of the big events that maybe happened to get everybody's attention, but how have we seen success happen since then? It's actually not hearing about those events. We still have some recalls happening in the food space, but we're not seeing as many recalls and we're not seeing as many illnesses or deaths associated with those recalls. So that is definitely one of the positives and success stories in the adoption of the food safety culture in our industry. Would you say that the nature of recalls has kind of changed as well too? So for example, back in the day, it was, you know, major listeria outbreaks or things like that, but maybe now you see more recalls in mislabeling or something like that. Yes. So that is a lot of what we're seeing now is just that, and that's part of your food safety program is to make sure that you are reviewing your ingredients and labels. We're not seeing those massive outbreaks with a lot of reported illnesses or deaths with them. So that's one of the successes. And it's interesting as well, when we're adopting a food safety culture, and we're putting in place all of these procedures to mitigate the risks associated with foodborne illness. We're also improving the quality of our foods as well. And that's one of the benefits that we're seeing as well. When you're looking at the store shelf, improved packaging, you're seeing improved labeling and messaging. So again, the consumer is getting a, a better product at the end of the day from our manufacturing facilities. For the audience, Daphne, what is the clear call to action that you would have for our listeners regarding food safety culture? Looking for that continuous improvement in your food safety system and your food safety culture within your workplace. It is like a living system within your organization. You have to think about it as something that evolves and changes over time. So we can't just let it um, simmer and die. We have to continue to feed it. And that's constantly reevaluating it. Think about your new production lines or new products and, and new systems that you might be incorporating in your facility, new technology. So we have to constantly reassess and grow with those systems as well. And what sort of resources are available to some of our listeners? There are a significant number of trainings available, workshops, webinars that are available, well, in person or online, more likely online right now. Some great white papers available online. OMAFRA also has some resources and workshops available as well on creating a food safety culture. Dr. Britta Balf, she used to work for the University of Guelph and she has a series of workshops that she also puts on food safety culture in the food industry. So there's lots of information available. Thanks so much for being with us today, Daphne. 
Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, we really appreciate your time.